One of the highlights every month on Coast to Coast is when Earth Files investigative reporter Linda Moulton Howe joins us to share her reports on high strangeness happening all over the planet. Linda explores cases of remarkable earth changes, baffling scientific mysteries, and incredible stories from witnesses who are revealing their paranormal experiences for the very first time. Become a Coast Insider, and you can hear Linda's monthly Earth File reports and dig into the Coast to Coast archive to check out her many previous appearances on the program. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up today. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Okay, welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Scott Stevens with us for the next couple hours. Fascinated with weather since he was uh, just a little guy keeping weather diaries for his scouting merit badge. A year later, he was reporting conditions in his small town in Idaho to area television stations and went on to, of course, get into the weather business. And here he is back on Coast to Coast. Scott, always a pleasure. I'm glad to be here, George. Glad to be here. Just reported on that horrible situation in the southeast where tornadoes, wind gusts, five people dead already. What a year. It's too early for this, Scott. I don't know, George. See, you know, it is the season. This is when the storm chasers get, you know, their hearts pumping and their gears out there. and They chase down these storms. It's it's more. No, it's April. It's April That's already. Moving along very fast. <laughs> Well, is this normal weather, or is this manipulated weather, Scott? Manipulated weather is now the normal weather. Hmm. I'm, I'm going I'm to settle in on that, where there's the hand of this technology that has its play in just about every event globally. Um, you know, even, even here in southern Colorado today, where we should have had snows early on in the day, you know, there's, there's been a suppression, so we, we've missed out on probably a third to a half of, of what this event could have put down. And certainly what I would have forecast, you know, 20 years ago, you know, being on the air and, you know, watching these things come in, you know, I, I, I'm far, far more conservative in forecasting precipitation when a region has been in drought. So in that regard, you know, the trend, dryness in the West, you know, is your friend. When when I go to events, Scott, one of the big questions that seems to always come up from people, mm-hmm. weather modification. Do you believe it, George? What are chemtrails? What are they trying to do to us? People are fascinated with this, Scott. It's a massive, massive topic. And, you know, one that fascinated me all the way back in 1998. When I saw some of Clifford Carnicom's early work, you know, some of, you know, a picture of with, uh, you know, the what was a, a DC-9 derivative type of plane with this massive full wingspan contrail. I'm like, that is a little odd, but honestly, I just couldn't wrap my head around the concept of why would they want to do this. And so I held the whole topic at arm's length for a couple of years. And then I got into free energy and Tom Bearden and then and, and more little data bits came together and, you know, by 2004, I was a firm believer that what I was doing as a weatherman on the air was almost futile, almost futile. We had the technology, we had the models, we had the expertise and understanding of the, of the weather and climate processes, and yet so many forecasts went horribly wrong. And why? Why? And it ended up being this manipulation of the weather that is storm by storm, you know, square mile by square mile, they know what's going on. And you've had so many shows with 
military guys and talking yeah. about technologies that aren't from this era. They are so far advanced uh, of their understanding of of not just the, this dimension, but other dimensions and other technologies and, and computing power that puts, you know, Intel and Apple and these computers literally to shame. So they can have full situational awareness of what's happening on this planet, whether it's weather, whether it's in the oceans, you know, or, or just the massive amounts of, of information that is being swept up by, you know, the intelligence agencies. So... so I, I got there. Weather's absolutely controlled. So let's let's assume that they are controlling the weather. What are they doing it for? Are they doing it to, to give us better weather? Are they doing it to create droughts? What are they trying to do? I think ultimately it it comes down to you know to money. You know, if you can can make money in orange juice futures or or in or or in in moving natural gas because you've got you know weeks ahead of time there's an Arctic blast coming. Or simply as a form, as Bill Clinton's defense secretary called it, eco-terrorism. Something as, as base, and I don't like to, the word evil, but something as, as disruptive as that. And if you've got a technology that menaces a civilization, and, and I'm talking about humanity as a whole, menacing this civilization by oscillating us, so we're going through, like California, years of drought, crippling drought when we talk about agriculture and sustainability, you know, in the health of the creeks, the rivers, the streams, the, the poor forests, and, and how many hundreds of millions of trees have died across the West in the last 30 to 40 years. Literally hundreds of millions of trees are dead. Colorado forests decimated by this engineering. And so then you take a California too dry, and then all of a sudden this winter, You've got these dams, Orville Dam, for example, you know, being breached because there's so much water coming. Oh, my God, yeah. And so here we are already in the first week of April, which is typically the peak snowpack. You know, April 1 is the benchmark that for years, you know, the water managers go to the mountains. That April 1 mark is the high snow mark. And from that, budgets, water budgets are determined all across the West whether it's for hydroelectric power, which keeps our air conditioners going, which keeps the hay, the alfalfa growing in the fields, and the corn, and the potatoes, and the beets, and the orchards. All of those things depend on that high snow mark on April 1. And this year, we reached that mark in February, and the snows came, and they're still coming. And even now, as I look out two weeks, California's not done with the rain. Is that good, though? I mean, they were screaming they had a drought. Yeah. And, and there are two ways to look at this, George. Number one, the snow comes out of the mountains gently. And that, that April remains cool-ish, or at least with normal to slightly below normal temperatures. So the water doesn't come down too fast. Now, the deep water aquifers take sometimes months, but usually years and occasionally decades to recharge. So it wouldn't matter how much water was up there this year, only so much is going to get in, going to get in, going to be able to recharge those deep water aquifers. The the more superficial ones will be in glorious shape as we move through the next year. So it really depends on the spring melt. But I see the cool weather persisting for at least the next 14 days. And so the slower the snow comes out of these mountains, the better off the West will be.
I think you're right. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.